Broadcasting live from the Roswell Infinity Studio, it's time for North Atlanta's BizLink, the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce linking you to business leaders. North Atlanta's BizLink is brought to you by Veritech. Veritech, great people, remarkable service. Hello and welcome to North Atlanta's BizLink, the monthly radio show and podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright with the Greater North Fulton Chamber, and every month on this show, we link you to North Atlanta's business leaders and introduce you to some of the Chamber's top members. Our guests on today's show are Allison Townsend, who is the 2019 Georgia Teacher of the Year. She is with Barnwell Elementary in Johns Creek. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're very excited to also have with us Dr. Donnie Tran, who is the Assistant Superintendent for Innovative Programs, overseeing the launch of Fulton County Schools' two STEM schools, one of which will be right here in Fulton County, the Innovation Academy. Donnie, it's good to have you. Pleasure to be here, Kelly. I know that we said at the beginning of the show we were going to have our top business leaders in North Fulton, but to do that, we have to go back to the beginning. And one way that we do that is really focus on where we get our business pipeline. So in in chamber world, we focus on workforce development as one of our strategic initiatives. And of course, everyone knows that workforce development starts in school. Um, the pipeline actually goes from kindergarten through 16 and on to graduate programs and beyond. But for this particular show, we want to talk about the importance of involving the school system with the business community, how those tie together, and also just celebrate some of the great things happening with Fulton County Schools. Um, So we're going to start with just some basic introductions and maybe some background. And of course, both of you are in, in education, but you probably have two very different ways of how you got there. So Allison, as your teacher of the year and reigning queen for right now, we know that that the new one has been announced, but we're going to let you go first and just give us a little bit about your background and how you chose to go into teaching. So the interesting thing is that I did not always know that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I had people telling me to go into the teaching profession. My, I remember my high school band director told me to go into music education. My art teacher told me to go into art education. And my mom told me to go into elementary education. And I thought they were all wrong. So I ended up going to Clemson University to study graphic communications right off the bat. And I was there for a couple of years, and I enjoyed it. But it wasn't until that I was studying abroad, the end of my sophomore year, and Um, I really was seeing the world for the first time. And the reason I didn't want to be a teacher was because I had the misconception that it was a small career. I thought that I'd feel trapped in a classroom, that I wouldn't be doing enough with my life. And while I was studying abroad, I was seeing how big the world was and, and, and experiencing all these different things for the first time. And I really wanted to have a big impact. And I realized to do that, I had to make a ripple effect. And what better way to do that than to become a teacher? So that's when I changed majors to become a teacher and um, graduated in 2012, came down to Fulton County. I've been teaching here ever since. And the awesome thing is that I've learned what a big, amazing career it is. Um, If anything, because of that ripple effect, I get to see how, you know, teaching my students and getting to know them and helping them with their lives has an impact on the people that they meet and grow up to be. Um, but also just my colleagues and I have spent our careers tearing down the walls of the classrooms. We want to collaborate with teachers and students all around the world. So it's, it's a big, amazing career, and I want to make sure people know that. 
Well, two quick questions. Yes. One, where did you study abroad? I was in Brussels, Belgium, but I was traveling all over. I'm sure if yes. you're in Europe, it's like going next door, right? It was amazing. <laughs> yes. And then the other question, more importantly, how did your mother feel when you told her she was right? She was like, I know. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I said so. I told you so. And so, yeah, she was right. <laughs> we all love hearing that. So I just had to ask. Yep. Donnie, how about you? How'd you get started in this wonderful world of education? Oh, what a wonderful world it is. I just am so inspired by Allison's story. Uh, it has a lot of similarities to mine. I went to the University of Georgia and um, was a chemistry major and was working in a lab, grinding away, learning a ton, but not actually feeling like my impact was being maximized. There was so little of a sense of that ripple effect that Allison was talking about. And so I took a semester off uh, and studied abroad in Albania, and I taught English uh, to a group of Romani students. So these were students who had never actually been in formal education. And that really sparked my thinking about what is the best way to maximize my own personal impact. Came back uh, and um, ended up applying to Teach for America. And I started teaching in Oakland, California. I taught middle school science out there uh, before moving to Boston and teaching high school. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a chance to actually start or help launch Teach for America Massachusetts. I was a teacher coach and professional development head for, for that organization as it was getting off of the ground. Uh, and then I took some time off again and uh, pursued my graduate degree at Harvard's Ed School and was lucky enough during that time to be sponsored as an entrepreneur in residence at New Schools Venture Fund and explore the entrepreneurial side of the space. So I was a startup founder uh, wearing a hoodie and flip-flops to work every day uh, before being offered a role that I just couldn't turn down, which was uh, leading up the academics and professional learning department as the assistant soup in Boston Public Schools. Uh, and really, though, uh, the real gift was being able to come back here and lead in my home district. I'm a North Springs High School graduate, so Fulton County was home, uh, and getting a chance to really engage in more of that innovative side of the work uh, with Fulton County. That's awesome. So we have the world perspective and how you can change the world and then bringing it all back home, which obviously is where we we are focused being in North Fulton here. Um, Allison, again, congratulations on being selected as the 2019 Georgia Teacher of the Year. Um, would you please inform our listeners about the selection process and how you ultimately were chosen? And then maybe talk a little bit about um, the fact that by winning, you actually come out of the classroom for a year, correct? Yes. So if you can just tell us about your journey along that Teacher of the Year um, application process? Absolutely. So my journey with Teacher of the Year started two years ago when I was honored to be named the Barnwell Elementary School Teacher of the Year. And I mean, for me, that was it. I felt amazing. I, I, I love The recognition was incredible. Um, getting to celebrate with my students was amazing. And it just felt like I had found my home at Barnwell Elementary when that had happened. Um, but what happens after you win for your school is then you fill out essays <laughs> and you start applying for the district level. Now at Fulton, since it's split into four different parts, I then applied for Northeast Learning Community and I found out I was a finalist for that. We did observations and interviews and I found out that I was going to be the Northeast representative and in, in the final four for Fulton. And then again, we came together, did more interviews, and then that's when I was announced that, sp that same spring of 2017 that I was the Fulton Teacher of the Year. And I spent that year serving as the Fulton Teacher of the Year, um, and during that process, I was filling out essays for Georgia Teacher of the Year. Every um, district teacher in the state 
then has the opportunity to apply for Georgia Teacher of the Year. And it wasn't until like a, a year later, last April, when they announced the top 10 finalists for Georgia Teacher of the Year. And they had the 10 of us come in. We interviewed. We had videoed lessons that we shared. We gave speeches. Um, and that was an amazing experience, getting to meet those top 10 finalists from around the state that just still inspire me so much you know, to today. And I was not by any means, every step of the way, I, I thought, you know, I'm so you know, honored to have been chosen, but I thought I was going to go out each step of the way. And so the fact that they named me almost exactly a year ago, the Georgia Teacher of the Year has been just a huge, huge honor to serve our state. And so like you said, um, the Georgia Teacher of the Year then gets to have a sabbatical year where um, I had the opportunity to travel the state meet teachers, see what's happening in education. Get, I got a chance to go speak at different universities to many different types of audiences. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to re represent on the national level. And I've already um, gotten to go to California. All the state teachers went to Google, and, and we got to meet and get to know each other there. And then most recently, we went to the White House in Washington, D.C., and we got to go to um, the Capitol and all those amazing places there and represent um, on that platform as well. So it's been a whirlwind adventure over the past two years to get to this point. That's phenomenal. And I know that obviously we're, we're very proud to have the uh, teacher of the year for the state from our county, of course. And certainly um, I know Barnwell is very, very excited as well. Will you be back in the classroom next year then? Yes, I'm so excited to return back to my students, back to my home, Barnwell Elementary School next fall. That's awesome. And so your third graders will be fifth graders, I guess, yes, by the time you get will. back. So they'll still be there. And I'm sure that they miss you a good yes, bit. I so. can't wait to see them. <laughs> well, we're very excited. I'm so glad that you were able to join us and talk a little bit about that process. Um, also coming up here in Fulton County is our new Innovation Academy. Um, and, and Dr. Tram, that's just one of two that you're working on. Um, we are blessed to be first, which is great. I know there's also a South Fulton STEM school coming up. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about what that means? There are a lot of different types of, of schools out there, and ours is a little bit different. So maybe you can share with the listeners what it is and what the timeline looks like. Great. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. My favorite topic. So um, Fulton County has two new innovative STEM schools coming online, um, and the first one will open in 2020, fall of 2020, with nine uh, excuse me, 459th graders, and we'll grow one year uh, each class each year after that. The school in Fairburn will open in 2021, and we will serve 6th through 12th grade, uh, and so we're really excited about the two things that, the two different models that those schools will, will demonstrate. And um, we are really trying to ask ourselves the question, what would school need to look like if we were to... Uh, prepare students to be able to solve problems that nobody else has solved before by the time that they graduate. And if that is our goal, we wanted to organize both the curriculum and the school structure to align to that question. So we have an interdisciplinary project-based curriculum that uses design thinking to give students the opportunity to solve novel problems every day. And they'll do that outside of the bounds of a normal 45-minute schedule, uh, you know, 45-minute class periods moving from one subject to another, to another, to another. They'll have long blocks where they're really just working on their projects and then thinking and getting the support of mentors to self-reflect, like, what do I know? What do I not know yet? And then how am I going to prepare myself 
using some independent learning skills and self-directed learning uh, techniques to acquire the knowledge that I need so that when it comes time to work on this project, I'm ready. I'm ready to sit down with my colleagues and we are going to uh, really engage in problem solving together. And so our, the whole entire school model is designed around that. In addition to that interdisciplinary project-based work, we have business partners who are contributing amazing projects uh, that our students will engage in as authentic learning. Uh, these are things that these business partners have not yet gotten a chance to solve. So real, authentic things, challenges that they haven't yet overcome or surmounted. And our students will have an opportunity to uh, do that as, as projects. So it's really trying to combine a new way of learning, new school models, and then different types of curriculum that come from both curriculum experts, but also from the business world. And so one of the great things from a Chamber's perspective is that I know that the Chamber has worked with you um, on the Innovation Academy as far as what the course offerings or subject offerings are going to be, because it is a little bit different model from what a, a, a parent would normally expect to see at a high school, right? Um, and I know that those came from a lot of research and a lot of time spent with our actual business community. And I, I'm, I, I don't want to get them wrong, but um, it's healthcare. That's and right. engineering and technology, is that right? That's right. So in addition to the, the same content that all students will get, right. students will have an opportunity to differentiate into three different career technical education pathways, healthcare, IT, engineering, uh, which are we know are high demand fields, especially in this area. Huge up here, yeah. North Fulton certainly focuses on on all of those collectively. And so, Dr. Tran, your role is really to bring the school up to to launch, if you will. Is that correct? That's right. Um, and I also have the the pleasure of leading some other departments at Fulton County that will actually take advantage of some of the things that we learn. So not only are we innovating at these schools, but we're also learning from other schools and the amazing things that are happening across Fulton County and then getting the innovations that we develop out back into the field as well. Well, and I'm not going to lie, I love your title, the uh, Assistant Superintendent for Innovative Programs. I mean, that just makes me excited thinking about it. So that's that's absolutely awesome. Um, and Allison, I know, obviously, you teach third grade, correct? Yes. So not at high school level yet, but still not too young to begin start thinking about all these things. Um, and one of those areas, uh, of course, as I mentioned, the chamber focuses on is workforce and talent development, really developing our students to be great um, employees, if you will, for the future and be prepared to be able to come into the amazing companies that we have here in North Fulton. I know one of the things I've heard often is that um, th that a successful third grade reading level really predicts high school graduation rate. I think that's one of the measures that is used. Um, and so, you know, in your experience, obviously you've got third graders. Would you say that this is a good indicator in the workforce? And then how much more important does that make your role as a third grade teacher? I mean, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's absolutely essential. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, on, in elementary school, there there couldn't be an area that's more important for us to focus on because those reading skills apply to every single content area. If a child's a struggling reader, they're going to struggle in a lot of different areas um, as well. So as teachers, we want to make sure that we are helping them with those reading skills that are so important that they're going to use for the rest of their lives in all areas. But we also really want to focus on getting them to just love 
reading. I think that's so important not to forget that, you know, they need to love reading too, because if, if we just focus on the skills and passing mm -hmm. and, you know, the grades and that kind of thing, then they're going to grow up and never open up a book again. And if you think about um, all the business leaders, the most successful people you know, most likely they're readers too. You know, the, the most successful people I know are constantly reading, constantly pushing themselves to learn new things. And one thing that I've been um, going around the state and country talking about this year, and it ties into reading, is one thing that we have developed at my school is co-planning learning with kids. So that education isn't something we just do to them, it's something we do with them. So again, it's problem solving. It's teaching kids how to come up with good questions, teaching them how to find resources and organize their research. That's where those reading skills come in in an authentic way. And then teaching them how to apply what they've learned um, in a purposeful way with real audiences. And so it's, it's been an absolute honor to get to present on that and teach teachers and, and work with other people who are doing amazing things in that area as well. It strikes me that, um, I, I don't know if the two of you have even worked together before, <laughs> but, <need> to. <laughs> but it strikes me that the two of you are really discussing the same things. Donna, you're talking about design, design thinking, and you're talking about self-learning and teaching your students that they're going to have to do some of their own learning on the side to be able to come up to the speed that they need for these independent projects. And of course, Allison, you know, reading is the basis of everything they do. And so inspiring them to be part of the process, which is part of the design thinking mm -hmm. model. I mean, y'all are doing the same thing, but at <laughs> two are. different grade levels. So I, so you're welcome. Y'all, you know, feel free to take this conversation <laughs> on afterwards. We will. <laughs> um, so uh, keeping with the workforce initiative discussion, businesses obviously are looking to, to hire students. Our unemployment rate as a nation is below 3%. Here in North Fulton, um, we actually have a negative 2.9% unemployment rate for technology, um, which is amazing to me that, you know, we, we essentially have more jobs than there are people to fill them. And so, um, you know, we certainly see the need to align education and training for the future source of, of employees, which at the end of the day is really what our strategic plan tells us we know that we need to do. Um, how are you working to design that STEM curriculum to meet the needs of employers in North Fulton? I know you're, you're meeting with them, I guess, to see, you know, what they'll need because they say we don't even know what the jobs 10 years from now will look like. That's right. I mean, we, we're first of all learning from the best classrooms that are already out there and the best schools that are already out there, classrooms like Allison's, uh, to, to know what does it look like when we give agency over to students? When do we, what, do we, what happens and what does it look like when we give students control over their learning? Because that's, uh, I think, as Allison really said well, it's a real key to lifelong success. Then we started to think, what are the thing, uh, one of my professors used to say, task predicts performance. So if you want to run a marathon, you better, you can't read about running a marathon. You better not watch videos of running a marathon. You actually just start running and you increase the length that you run over time, and that's how you get to a marathon. So if we want our students to be self-directed problem solvers who can engage with ambiguity and complexity, we better give them those opportunities more and more and in increasingly independent ways as they go through school. So uh, that's really the heart of our school design, and the business partners that we've been working with have been incredible in helping us think, well, what are the skills that are embedded within that idea of self-direction and agency. Uh, they, I think a lot of our business leaders have informed us about thinking about well, 
finding information when we don't really know the answer or defining a project plan when we aren't sure about the path forward or stakeholder engagement in order to make sure that we're hearing all of these voices. So business leaders have been completely indispensable in helping us think through the real skills that underlie business success and lifelong success. And we see a lot of, um, I think as you noted, Callie, that the jobs our students will have don't even exist yet. And the problems they'll engage with haven't yet been defined. And so we need a replicable skill set that is that transcends specific knowledge or specific skills or specific jobs. And that's really what uh, business leaders have been incredibly helpful in, in providing us insight to. Well, and it, it also seems like the the natural occurrence from those skills and retesting those skills and developing those skills is a level of confidence. Um, and so having that level of confidence to be able to get a problem and, and not panic, but understand that you've got a wealth of experience to draw on is really what makes those of us who have experience in the workplace, you know, valuable in the workplace. And so it would stand to reason that for a student, it would do the same thing over, over an, a period of time. So I think that that both of those things, we also hear constantly from our businesses, soft skills, right? So making sure that just the basic soft skills are met. And, and, you know, I hear more and more about that from businesses, but I think it goes back to things like reading and being able to interact and problem solve on their own and, and really have that um, ability and autonomy to take those, those opportunities on. So I, I, I am um, absolutely excited about the opportunity to, to be part of that going forward. So North Fulton businesses are engaged, I'm sure, with both of your schools. I know that the North Fulton school system is involved with a number of businesses who are part of that. Um, do you have any good working examples, and this question's to both of you, um, maybe Allison of, of companies that are working with Barnwell and, and how that's been really effective at your school? Or And I realize, Donnie, that you're early in the process, so it may be on the front end. But I'd really like to know, number one, do you have some good working examples of how businesses currently work with your school? And then two, how will they connect with you to do that? So we'll give yeah. them some contact information. So I always encourage businesses when I talk to you know, communities to please go walk into your nearby neighborhood schools and see how you can partner with them because there's so many ways. Sometimes we just need actual resources or funding. I've I've had the opportunity to see schools that have partnered with Home Depot and they can get um, the different resources they need for project-based learning and STEM activities that they do with their kids. Um, But every, lots of different types of businesses Mm -hmm. are doing that. And it goes so much more than just funding or that kind of thing too. I always say that people are our greatest resource. Um, And so having those connections is incredible. I know at my school, we just had a career day. And so having those connections with businesses that are nearby that are, you know, doing real authentic work to come in and show our kids what that looks like and the skills that they'll need and how to get there um, has been so powerful. So yes, there's different things you can do to help us with, you know, funding and resources, but also please, like we want to know you, we care about the people behind it as well. And our kids do too. That's where the true learning comes from. So just encouraging people to walk into their neighborhood school and, and ask if they need a partner because most times they're going to say yes to that one. Absolutely. And it's not always money. They may need help with readers, yes. right? Somebody will sit down and read and, and help students in different different areas. So unfortunately, um, we don't have uh, enough resources to do that for every student every day. And so, Absolutely. you know, it takes a village to, to coin a very old 
old proverb. So how about you, Donnie? Yes, I I, want to start certainly with those resource supports and the contribution of time and energy. I think, but I don't want to stop there. Mm -hmm. I, I think that great partnerships in an educational context can also be involved with providing authentic learning experiences for students. And that can take the form of mentorship, internships, uh, externships for students, and just providing projects that, that students actually work on or case studies that can be used to fuel the learning experiences for students at scale. But also, can we can encourage businesses to also be involved with providing professional learning for teachers because teachers cannot meaningfully instruct things that they don't deeply understand. And so, and if for a teacher to deeply understand the industry perspective and what the workplace is actually like, they need those experiences. And those can come through traditional methods like workshops that are presented by you know, business professionals, but it can also be in the form of externships mm-hmm. for teachers actually going in and spending a summer doing working on the factory floor or working in a lab or working in a, in a technician's capacity, which then they get to bring that insight and have that ripple effect that Allison talked about before. So I think that those are really important ways that we want to think creatively about. And a lot of businesses aren't really in the mindset of, of doing those things. They're more in the, let me write you a check or let me come do a career day talk. But that is a way to, I think of those things as a ways to get people in the door yeah. so that can, we can really intensify how they're contributing to the classroom environment. Well, and it's baby steps. So we'll take you and meet you where you are now and hope to develop those partnerships along the way. Um, Fulton County Schools is right now, I know that we were sending some information out about the externships for teachers. So I know Fulton County Schools is is um, definitely looking for companies that are willing to take on teachers to, to do some externship working to give them that real life experience. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a really important way that, again, businesses can partner with education to create the work workforce that we need for the future. So that's, that's excellent. I'm going to give each of you a chance to kind of have a last word here. Um, and so, uh, I, I'm going to ask Allison if she'd like to go first again, Allison, we're so excited for you as teacher of the year. We want to say congratulations once again, any parting words for our guests who are listening today? Yes. Um, thank you so much, first of all, for having, you know, us here and to get to speak about education is so, so important. Um, one thing I've really been thinking about over the past years is that, is that one of the biggest issues we have in education is that everyone, almost everyone we know has an experience of going to school and we all have those memories of what school was like when we were kids. And the problem is, is that school has changed drastically over the past, you know, even five years, but compared to when we were kids, it has changed so much, um, And so getting the opportunity to share a little bit today about how school has changed has been great, but also just inviting those business members and communities into our schools. That's what we want. We want those partnerships. So thank you for helping us set that up. I appreciate that. Schools are a community enterprise. Uh, They work because they are the center and the core of how we think about developing students and integrating the perspective of parents and community members and businesses so that we are all focusing the role of schools on that need. Uh, and this is an incredibly fun way to just get that word out there. So thank you for having me and Allison here to talk about our perspectives on that. 
Uh, I would encourage anybody who's interested in learning more about Innovation Academy to go to fultonschools.org slash Innovation Academy uh, to find out more and to see how you might be involved. Great. Thank you, Donnie. And thank you, Allison. Really appreciate your time today and, and certainly driving home the point of how, how our schools and our educators can work with our businesses to really create the world that we want to have um, in the future. So I appreciate that very much. Um, as I'm thanking my guests for joining me today, I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on North Atlanta's BizLink, presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. To listen to this show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, please visit businessradiox.com, select the North Fulton Studio, and then click on North Atlanta's BizLink. To find out more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber, we hope you'll visit gnfcc.com. Until next time, I'm Callie Boatwright, and this has been North Atlanta's BizLink on Business Radio X. 